0: testing i'm gay i'm gay Geraldo, edge game nine i'm gay i'm homosexual big time gay biggest gay of all time that's me Geraldo rivera i am gay hello welcome to edge game episode nine a special episode today we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of my personal brand of 9-11 as a Democrat January 6th capital coup capital coup A moment of silence. Please coo with me. Thank you. In honor of the lives lost, January 6th, 2021, I wanted to discuss someone very close to me who may or may not have been at the Capitol on that fateful day. Proud to tell you, it was my father, my daddy, my God. Joseph, Joe, the Joe. My dad, over the years, has gone into a bit of a a, a pickle, a bit of a. He's fallen into a bit of a hole. Pre pre quarantine, pre COVID. He discovered the YouTube, not just YouTube, but th- the YouTube. And that's how he refers to it. And I thought it was kind of cute. I thought it was kind of cute, the things he was getting into. He was, uh, he was into, uh scratch off ticket channels it that were just dedicated to uh it, it was just run by a guy who would i they were essentially asmr videos of him uh doing scratch off tickets and he would just say raunchy like commentary about his life or or about the scratch off tickets i don't I don't really know he showed me one that was uh uh one it was like the country's biggest scratch off from texas of course and it was like a 30 minute video of of literally just him scratching it off and the realization i had while we sat together and watched the entirety of it on his laptop in the kitchen uh was that he had now watched um this video for an hour he has now spent an hour watching someone scratch off a uh a giant lottery ticket and i couldn't imagine how much more there had had that had been watched up to that point you know i knew that wasn't that couldn't have been it that could not have been it but i i said you know that's relatively harmless compared to what else he got into, um, he was into earth, an earthquake predicting channel. And he was always very, uh, I think, excited by this gentleman's earthquake predictions. Uh, especially when I moved to California, he was excited to hear about per- the potential earthquakes I would be having and experiencing here Uh to the point where he was kind of disappointed. Uh, he would, he would get reports of earthquakes from his, his guy and he would text me and say, Hey, did you feel that one? <laughs> and I'd be like, "What? which one? Uh And he'd say there was a, 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 a four, a four, a four hit in, Sequoia National Forest, and I'm like, I don't, I'm sleeping, dog. So I never got to, uh, I don't think I ever satisfied his craving for natural disaster. Um, And what I found out, and again, I I was fine with that, because I thought that was a cool thing for him to be into, because I, I I should preface this by saying, my dad is a very simple man he's He's just very simple in general he He likes baseball and he likes bowling and he likes going to the movies and and that's fine and that's you know that's just what he likes to talk about sports and and movies marvel movies he likes raunchy comedies. You know, he has I think two copies of of American Pie. He has I think he has all the American Pie movies. I think that's like one of his favorites. Um he's just that kind of guy. And uh he you know my point being, let me let me get this out of the way, is that he this earthquake channel, I think was in the same algorithm as flat earthers. I think, I think this gentleman was either a flat earther himself or seemed to have the same pattern of thinking that tends to draw in other flat earthers or, or is similar to people who believe the earth is flat. And so my dad got roped into, into that pretty quickly and before you knew it i think he i think that was his his gateway to uh to qAnon to q and that took off for him pretty that that he held on to that uh pretty early uh i remember 2016 he was already wearing uh qAnon merch and at that point i hadn't really heard I think it was 20 maybe 2017 I, I could be early or wrong it doesn't matter but the point is he was he was early in the game he was he was first at least in my town uh it would make sense 2017 because Trump wasn't you know inaugurated or whatever until until that year so who knows maybe Q started early but he had a shirt he had a shirt that he would rock at least twice a week uh, that just said, ask me about Q. Uh, and I didn't. I didn't ask him about Q. And I should have. I should have asked him about Q. Because had I known how detrimental it would be to his well being as well as uh, our personal relationship, I should have asked about Q. Uh, and if you're not familiar with QAnon by now, uh, if you're not from the States or if it doesn't bleed into if you don't care, if it's never affected you, um, it's basically just a, uh, I don't know, a faction, uh, a group, a community of people who believe there is um, some, it's, it's, it's a long way winded conspiracy there's a lot of layers to it and it's basically fanfic written by people who want to believe someone's out to to murder or, or to assassinate Donald Trump uh and that uh um in his quest to stop the international uh child sex uh ring that i guess wasn't related to Jeffrey Epstein the, the other child sex ring the other child sex trafficking that happens around the world not related to Jeffrey Epstein but the other one okay uh apparently the uh, the bigger one the one that never stops um and you know uh i'm sure there is a real you know there is still sex trafficking don't get me wrong i just this one is related to the the one that that Donald Trump is ch- attempting to stop, and and there's the whole slew of 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 kind of um, movements within Q. Uh, uh, Save the children, what being one of the more recent ones, where it's it is about the children. It's under the guise of saving children from pedophilia, but it's 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 a Q. It's a QAnon movement, okay. But it has a good has good intentions as being you know. We're saving children, um, but the 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 thing is, it's a lot of the lore. The Q lore is written uh, by mystery anonymous uh, writer. It's a per the person is it's supposed to be Q is one person, okay? Q is supposed to be one anonymous person, or who knows? supposedly and it's you know and there are these cryptic uh q drops that were i believe at the time were posted on either 4chan or 8chan or one of the chans um but there would be q drops that would be very cryptic messages that people who are schizophrenic would love to interpret and and figure out the message behind uh things like numerology and uh in the messages or are just drawn to numbers in general and trying to find patterns and nothing, um, breaking the code of sorts. And so they would, uh, I don't know how it came to be. I wish I did more research. I just, you know, again, I never asked about Q and one of the major things you might've heard is that they, the reason they round up these children is that they like scare them or something into, releasing adrenochrome and then they harvest the adrenochrome to then live longer and be, uh, uh, uh to, to, it's like, I, I don't know, to live forever, to stay young. Okay. So they, they, they scare children. They release the hormone called adrenochrome. They extract it. And then Hillary Clinton gets to live forever. This is basically what they, is the belief here and not just Hillary, but you know, she's one of the major ones. And then, there's uh, probably other celebrities involved and and politicians and blah blah blah. So they're they're all harvesting adrenochrome to stay young. That's my, from my understanding, uh, a, a major, the major driving force of of the child uh, trafficking. Okay. Uh, of course, there's other things involved. Bill Gates. All all sorts of conspiracies. I think they've all been kind of tainted now by Q in a way. There or like at least they're Q believers and in, in a lot of other areas, right? So it bleeds into a lot. Uh my okay, so my point is that my dad is he's a Q he's a Q daddy. He's a Q and daddy but he hasn't always been that way. He, uh, obviously he's a lot of reason why I am who I am today and who I've become. I don't know if my future is, is Q, but you know, he used to be pretty cool. You know, I used to judge him a lot for being, you know, and in retrospect, I, I I would, I, I judged him a lot because he had nothing going on because he was so simple and because he seemed to just be content with just existing. And, and, and I was I wrong What boy, do I respect that more than ever now as, as an adult, you know, I, I used to look at him and think he was a fucking loser, you know, with no drive or no motivation. And I still kind of do, it's almost worse now that he's Q um, but I should have appreciated. I, I learned to appreciate how how easily pleased and entertained he was, because um, that wasn't hurting anyone, you know. And that's something I should have. It's something I envied that that kind of that lifestyle, that kind of that that mode of just being. You know, there's just nothing going on in your head. You're just you're just. I picture, a like a, like a baked potato rotating in a microwave, just buzzing, you know, and that's how I picture my dad's mind, a beautiful mind, the potato, uh, as you know, if you actually listen to this for some dumb reason, uh, my parents divorced when I was young, right. And he was always around, like he stuck around, you know, he's not, a, he wasn't a bad dad, he, he was always there. Um, you know, he didn't leave when they divorced. He stayed in the same town as me and my mom, even though he had we had he had a shit deal on this on the split custody. He only had me uh, one day every other week. So when he did get me, we would just do cool shit. you know he never had to be like that much of a dad. I think he wanted to be, he just, you know, didn't have to. So he never kind of learned how to be responsible. He never had to be that responsible. My mom was still making more money and could support me more financially. And and somehow, I guess at the time, emotionally and and other ways too. My dad was just, you know, a a male presence, I guess, and uh, helped me... I think he I think he made me a little cooler. I think if I grew up with my mom, I'd be like a fucking nerd if it was just my mom. But it was nice to have just the 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 a small slice of my dad once in a while. I think any more and I would have been too much like him, I'd be fucking retarded, you know? I think if I if I grew up with my dad, I'd be retarded is how I, I look at it. Is how I really look at it. If my dad had somehow gotten full custody of me, or even any more. If he had gotten a half, if he had got if they had gone a 50-50 on me, I would be a fucking just kill me, you know? I'd be love on the spectrum, baby. For real. Uh <laughs> And yeah, we would just do dumb shit. We, you know, he he let me watch dumb shit. We watch a lot of South Park, we watch a lot of Mad TV. We watched all the jackass movies, all the American Pie movies. Uh, this is, I'm talking like early 2000s here. This is to my childhood. My childhood being late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, he would take me to a bunch of like haunted attraction shits that were kind of scary back in PA. They were like, they were always. Very, they were very, they're run by a bunch of people that just love to like, like fuck with people, you know, like there were assholes at school, like the the Hicks at your school that you like to bully, like retarded kids. Those are the kinds of people that, that volunteer at the haunted attractions back in PA, back in South central PA. They're, they're the Hicks that wear camo every day to school and miss half, you know, you know, like, like, like half the week, just going hunting and fishing, those are the kids that work at uh, at haunted attractions. Volunteer, by the way. They don't get paid. They just like to volunteer because they're just that kind of guy. Uh, and my dad would love to take me to those kinds of places as a as a child. Uh, as when I was like four, I think was the first time he took me to one, and he had to like carry me through it. And so I was so desensitized to uh, anything like horror related by like ten. Um, And that was just fine by my dad. And we would go to, we would go to Hooters for my birthday. Like every birthday we'd go to Hooters and, and, and have them like dance and jump around me, you know, and he would just, my dad would just get to make the same joke every year, you know, chicken. I'll have the chicken breast, hold the chicken. I'll hold the breast (laughs) Uh, or something along those lines. Uh, he was a jokester. He is a jokester. I I hope he's still a jokester. He's, I think he wanted to be, I think he wanted to be a comedian and just doesn't have the, um, he wanted to, I think he wanted to do stand up and just never had the balls to like do it. He's just, he's a very, he's a very timid man. I, I don't think it seems like he would be up to this point, but he is very, uh, he, he seems to get very shy and timid out of nowhere. Uh, but when I was a kid, I thought, you know, my dad's a fucking G, you know, but little did I know he was a fucking loser. Uh, but he, he was big on his jokes. He had a, he had a lot of jokes for any situation. Uh, and he even kept his jokes in a, in a, in a fucking, he kept them in a Rolodex. I I've seen this once and I, I look forward to inheriting it someday, perhaps, is a is a is an actual Rolodex, which is what people used to use to like organize their like contacts or whatever it may be. But it's just a little thing of cards, you know. And he had uh, written down. I don't know if they're not. I don't think they're his jokes. I think they're just jokes he's heard but wanted to remember. And he's written them down on Rolodex cards and organized them, and categorized them based on like what they're related to and he has you know like fast food jokes he has uh Amish jokes which are appropriate for PA uh one of my favorites what's a what's an Amish girls fantasy two men a night you gotta you gotta know both to to get it but if you know Amish and Mennonite, a it's a it's a good it's a good it's a quick one just a quick punch one two punch uh he's got a bunch of them and he throws them out like he does not even care, you know, and he doesn't wait for you to approve the joke. He just goes ahead and tells you and then he laughs at it and then he moves on with his life. And I kind of like that. I think I do that. I think I do that now. Um, but I, I don't think he ever, you know, pursued his his dream of being a comedian. Um, and he's gotten funnier. He's gotten funnier over time. You know, the more more times he says the same exact joke, it gets funnier to me, at least. Um, so yeah, so he was he was cool. My parents were pretty like you know there was a lot of shit happening between them early on. I didn't understand or realize, but they turned out to be okay with each other. They they're they're pretty amicable now. Um. But I remember early on they would, you know, my mom would always say shit like, Oh, your dad's a fucking loser (laughs) like your dad's a fucking loser, you know, he doesn't save up his money and blah blah blah. And I was like, Yeah, because he's spending money on cool shit. I but like at the time I was like, Okay, yeah, I guess my dad seems like I kind of ingrained this idea of like my dad's a loser and I didn't uh I never really understood or gave it a chance. Gave him a chance to like seem like someone to look up to. And I'm glad I didn't. My mom kind of really put him in a bad light and perhaps I've not escape that. Uh, but I have more, I have a little more respect for him than I used to, but he, so they had me when he was, he was like 35 when he had me. So I got to see him go through a sort of midlife crisis in his forties when I was still pretty young, pretty impressionable. And I had no idea what a a good upstanding you know, man should be at that age. You know, I have no gauge of that. And so everything I saw at that time of him, what he was doing was, it seemed pretty cool. It seemed pretty cool. And it hit him pretty hard. It hit him pretty hard. He never, uh, Lux. (laughs) He... (laughs) Um. Sorry. He got his uh. He got his tongue pierced. I remember. Uh, I don't know what age exactly, but he was at least forty. He was at least forty, and then one day he picked me up in his uh his Ford Probe. And the Ford Probe is uh, it's a, it's it's a it's a poor man's like sport car. It's, it's, it has, it's, it, it was red and it was kind of sleek and laid back and it was a coupe and it had the, the flip up, had the flip up headlights. All right. And that was fucking cool, um, on a, on a Ford probe, but that car was shit. Uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was a poor man's like Porsche, uh, cause that shit sucked, but you see the pop of headlights and you think fucking baller. Like that's a fucking hot wheels car. And he bought that. He got his tongue pierced. And I, I still remember it was a blue little round, uh, stud right in the middle. And, uh, he, we would go to the, um, one of our like things we would do is go to like pet stores, like pet shops and Lux, please not today. And he would go to the birds and like make a, He like was good at doing bird calls for some reason, but not like legit ones that you would use like hunting. He would just be like, ca-caw! like he would, he would call at them and do this weird like trill with his throat. I don't know. But he would just call at the birds and like stick his tongue out. And like, as if like they wanted to, they were like drawn to his blue tongue piercing and he would like like flick his tongue at them. And I thought it was funny. But oh my God. If you saw if I saw that now, I'd be like, that guy's fucking scary. That guy's retarded. But <laughs> get him away from me. Get him out of the store. You know, get him out of here. Keep him away from your birds. He's gonna fucking lick your birds up. He's trying to he's trying to eat your bird's pussy right now. Uh please ban him from this pets uh, pet shop. But he would do that. And it made me think, if that's how he approaches birds, I wonder if, if that's how he would approach girls. Um, and early 2000s, maybe you could get away with that. Maybe in the 2000s, 2003, you could, you could flick your tongue. Post 9-11, perhaps you could flick your blue tongue piercing at a girl and you'd get you'd get some, I don't know, you maybe you get to liquor pussy. Who knows? I don't know what it was like back then, but what I knew was that my dad Lux, please. <laughs> he would he would have me on Wednesdays. He'd have me one day a week on a Wednesday. That yeah, was usually his day off and from what I heard, I think he mentioned it sometimes that every other Wednesday, he would go to this club in downtown Lancaster called the village. And I've gone to the village now as an adult because I had heard so many things. Uh, and it is, it is a relatively grimy, kind of scummy uh club but there is a dance floor and it's pretty big and it it's one of the only at the time it was one of the only places to like go but they had like live music they had djs they whatever whatever it's cool so my dad was doing something cool i think in his 40s for someone who was 40 he was still i think able to go out and like have a good time and go dancing because he likes to do that and um the thing is is that I, i later learned that Wednesday nights were uh, were college nights Wednesday was college night and so that was when my dad would go to the village is every college night and I heard a story that uh, came through from my aunt from my dad's sister who also lived nearby and my aunt had four daughters and one of them, at that time, was indeed uh, around college age. She was in her twenties, and that was also—it—it it seems weird, but like I think it was later on in—it was later on in his career, later on in his midlife crisis, that he was clubbing still. And um, it was—I guess it must have been around MySpace era, because what I'm told is that my aunt was checking MySpace because she was cool and had one and she was looking at like her daughter's like my cousin's friend's pictures or something like that and they had gone to the village one night and posted pictures of it and one of the pictures captioned was like uh you know at the village with the creepy guy trying to pick us up and it's like a picture of the girls the hot 20 year old girls and and then in the background is my dad going like sticking like flicking his fucking tongue out and you just you know it's him because there's a blue stud right there in the middle and and my aunt said that's my fucking brother that's my fucking brother trying to you know pick up my daughter's friends uh at the village um and my dad He's not, you know, I think in his 40s he wasn't that bad. I think, I've seen pictures and he has a a very, um, his look was bald, shaved, clean shaved, bald, and I think a little scruff sometimes, you know, a little stubble. That's out of laziness, not on purpose, but a little stubble, but kind of a handsome dude. I, I, You know, I look at him and I think that wouldn't be that bad, you know, for his age, he's, you know he's fuckable he could, he could be daddy if he wanted to he could be dilf if he wanted to um and i imagine he probably he probably pulled a little bit on college night who knows i actually don't know i can't can't judge what i did know is that my dad preferred uh ethnic he preferred uh people of color and and that's just based on his dating history i don't know maybe he likes to just smash white chicks but he likes to date Jamaican chicks. I don't know. But in Lancaster, there were definitely not there was not much dark meat to be had. So but I imagine the dark meat that was available were happy to have the bald white man come through. He he had like a Lex Lex uh I always mix up Lex Luther and Lex Luger, like the 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 music producer. I was going to say he has a Lex luther vibe um and maybe a jeff bezos-esque no no he's more of a i don't know because my stepdad is bruce willis my stepdad is bruce willis but gay and my real dad is more uh howie mandel i don't know (laughs) i don't know uh but his aesthetic is worsened because he got lazy with shaving. So he'd always have weird, gross, like scraggly hair, just like hanging off like his neck, you know, just like one long hair that he forgot to shave. Like, I don't know. I don't know how it is to be bald and having to shave your head like that, but he got gross and he just got crusty and you know, he's just a crusty old man. Now he, he has the aesthetic now of like a, of, of like a, a military veteran, of just like a homeless military vet, but like, he doesn't even have, he's always like liked wearing, I think like camo and like things that look vaguely like fatigues, like anything that looks vaguely military. Um, and anyway, I'll, I'll get back to this later. Cause it, it I think a lot of his influenced by his, his Filipino girlfriend that he had for a while, but Basically, you know, he was doing that. He was clubbing. He was having a good time and, I guess, seeing me once in a while. And I got to see him go through that and come out the other side of it. He wanted a Jeep. He wanted a Jeep, uh, uh, a Wrangler. I think he he really wanted – I think that, want, that should have been his midlife crisis car was the Wrangler. But they're pretty expensive, and I don't think he realized that. And I remember the day we went and bought a – uh, we bought a used, uh, geo tracker. And if you don't know what a geo tracker looks like, it's, uh, it's just a shitty Jeep Wrangler. It's a much a smaller, shittier four by four. Uh, 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 I don't even know if you can call it a, a truck or SUV or I, I don't know what you call it. It's a fucking piece of shit is what it is, but it's a small thing on four wheels and you can take the top off and my dad had a soft top and it got broken into like eight times because it's people could just cut you can cut a hole in the window, right? Um and it had it was white and it had like the the decal that looked like um you know like the purple and blue squiggly lines on a on a styrofoam cup back then it was basically that on the side of a G of of a car. Okay. And he tried to paint it one time. He was like really set on like painting it. Cool. I I wish he would have gotten like a wrap or something, like one of the decal wraps on it. But instead he uh, wanted to do it himself and he bought like, I don't think he did his research. I just like at the time I just trusted that he knew what he was talking about. And I remember I was sitting there watching him like we went and bought like spray paint from a can of paint from from like Home Depot. And he's like, yeah, I want to do uh," he he wanted to paint his car camo. He wanted to do a camo camo green pattern on his on his on his geo tracker. And he's like, oh, we'll just test it. Let's just test it on the back panel first on the back part of the car. And he painted it. Just yeah I there, I don't know. There's just no prep. He didn't say like there was just nothing, there was no indication now that I remember that he knew what he was doing. He just shook the can, just sprayed it. Just the whole thing, just runny, just green, just dripping paint. And he was just like, huh. And then we just left it like that and we just stopped. And we just stopped there and it looked shitty. It was just and then it was just diarrhea green. And the rest of his car was white. Um and then he had these other plans to like paint. Uh, he wanted to do like New York Mets he wanted to do like a Mets logo on the hood and I god I wish he had done it because I'm sure it would have (laughs) been it would have just looked like someone fucking tagged his car you know but not even a good graffiti artist there's just some random uh, you know someone defiling his car but he would have done it himself because he loves the Mets that's why I have this hat uh yeah, I don't know. He just and Then I realized just a lot of his decisions were just not planned. You know, he's very impulsive. I learned he's just a very impulsive spender, buyer. He's the type of guy who is prone. He is the guy who is buying the as-seen-on-TV stuff. He will buy that. We have those products in his house, sometimes multiple, because he forgets he buys them. He has hoarding tendencies. He likes little knickknacks and bric-a-bracs you buy and waste your money on that's what makes him happy and uh, i can't wait to inherit it someday i can't wait to inherit the things he's been collecting over the years very neurotic and he has a medical (laughs) he has a metal detector and it's very funny because he bought it and was like excited to you know i don't know we we don't live close to the beach or anything but he just i remember he just like went in the backyard and we didn't have we don't have a, a we have like it's like like 10 by 10. It's like 20 by 10 is our backyard. Uh, and he just went in the backyard and, and just scanned that. our... our ba- that was it. And, that, and then he put it away. And, uh, I'd never seen it again. Uh, but just shit like that. Shit like that. A lot of books about like a thousand things your doctor will never tell you. Um, and I think he's always been kind of... Cons- not. He's been kind of like conspiratorially minded, I think throughout most of his life. I think a lot of it related to medicine. So COVID has been a a, a challenge, I think, for him. It's been a challenge for him to come to terms with the reality. And uh, I mean, I guess in Lancaster, PA, it's not that hard. He's probably surrounded by people that are on the same page. There might be a big Q faction PA as well. I don't know. Uh, Probably the peak of my, of my dad's life might've been dating uh, this Filipina chick who lived in the Philippines and I don't know when they started talking, but I'm a, I'm a, from my timeline, from what I can remember, they probably started talking when she was a teenager, when she was like 18 or 19, uh, because they had been talking for years. And by the time that I learned about her, uh, that, that my dad had gone public with a relationship, uh, she was only, I think, 23 or 24, early 20s and at that time i was i think uh in like middle school so my dad was like twice her age um and i kind of you kind of think it's cool I don't know. I didn't understand, like, the implication of a white guy dating Filipina girl from another country. I Like, I couldn't judge that quickly. He was very early on the... I, I wish this had happened when 90 Day Fiance was popping off. Because he would have been, I think, a, a, he would have been entertaining to watch and uh, make fun of on a, on a bigger scale, you know? But unfortunately, he just, it was more sad because there was no one to see it happen except for his own family to watch that ruin his life. But he, back when uh, Yahoo Messenger was still around, he would, I remember when I would sleep over his house, when I would sleep uh, on his futon in the living room, I would hear the Yahoo Messenger chat notifications just buzzing all night and he worked night. So he was always up until like four or five, six in the morning, just fucking Yahoo messenger all night, fucking probably lonely and horny, you know? Um, and I guess he, I, I, I imagine, I'm sure it was just the Yahoo. It was, I'm sure it was just like group chat. I'm sure it was just a like group chat that said, you, you know, for Filipinos, <laughs> for Filipino women, uh, and my, it was a scam. I just like I, I'll just you know. And we didn't know that. You just you just assume. You just assume it was like girl wants a green card, blah blah blah, fine. Or like girl wants money, fine. My dad didn't have that. My dad didn't have money. I mean, he could marry the girl, and get her over here, but that wasn't what was happening. It was more of just like, they were talking a lot and. Eventually uh they would play uh Farmville together. That was their big like bonding thing was Lux ah, Pussy. Uh they would play Farmville. They would share each other's Facebook logins and they would take care of each other's farms. and they would write each other cute messages in hay bales. They would they would place hay bales in the shapes of hearts and in each other's names. And that's fine. You can do that privately, but they would uh, do that and then screenshot it and then uh, post it publicly on each other's walls and then tag me in it. So I was always sure to see it as well as my friends were sure to see the post from Marianne and they would be like, yo, Gabe, is that your girlfriend? And I'd be like, no, it's, she's my dad's, my dad that belongs to my dad. Uh, and, And again, this is, this is supposed to, this is another one of those things that like it, again, it seems like you have a cool dad. If other people see your dad or you tell them or you learn something about him, but, oh, my God, no, he was a fucking loser. But you hear my dad has, like, a 20-year-old girlfriend. You're like, whoa, he's a fucking baller, you know? A bunch of middle school kids, like, a bunch of horny middle school kids with boners, with eternal boners saying, like, wow, your dad has a hot 20-year-old Filipino girl. I like that. Um, So I didn't feel that weird about it. I was just like, good for him, you know? Good for him. And then... uh. Before I moved in with him, before my mom kicked me out and had me move in with my dad, he had he had gone there, he had gone to the Philippines. He didn't tell anyone. He just like he was just gone. Like there was just one week. He just didn't pick me up, uh, or like call to pick me up. And then he came back and he's like, "Yeah, I just I was in the Philippines," <laughs> and it was in a way it was kind of a relief because it we learned then that she was like real. You know, uh, she was a real person, I guess. And unless my dad was lying, I don't. you know, unless he he was just too embarrassed to tell us that. I don't know. She had a penis or something, but. I was like, well, at least so he went and I can only assume he like got laid, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, and you can't you can't hate on the guy for that. And I think at that point you're You're rooting for it because he invest, he invested so much time and, and money, uh, and we learned that he had invested a little too much money in this girl because he didn't ask my his sister for money, my aunt. He asked my my cousin. He asked my aunt's daughter who was like sixteen and working a job at Turkey Hill at a gas station part-time. While she was in high school. He asked her for money. Because he was too embarrassed to admit. To his own family. That he had. Spent his money poorly. On some Filipina chick. Okay. So. That should have been a a bigger red flag for me. Because that meant. Well this was before I moved in with him. But then when I moved in with him. And realized how shitty he was with this money. I was like oh like if something happens, we're broke. Like we, I mean, we're broke now, but like if something happens, we're homeless. Okay. Uh, my dad's homeless and I think he's still like, you know, a paycheck away from being homeless at any like given moment. Okay. I don't think that's changed about him, but I remember having all these realizations that he was just like a fucking idiot. Uh, But anyway, back to the Filipina chick. Yeah. So I moved in with him and my grandma and he basically that's when I learned how toxic their relationship was because they would just fight all the time. She would whenever they'd fight and I guess he'd stop sending her money or whatever. He she would call me from like a Skype number from a virtual number and just like yell like broken English and leave voicemails saying like vaguely threatening messages on my Facebook wall that are like if he does not love me then it will be the end of me. Like she's going to fucking kill herself because my dad isn't sending her her monthly, uh, I don't know, hundred dollars a month or whatever he can afford to support a young Filipino girl, (laughs) a young Filipino child. Uh, God. Yeah. And so the hope was that she was at least trying to get a green card, but I think she was making more money by just juggling a bunch of different American men Lonely men, because you look, you go on her Facebook and she had like a thousand friends, and you go through literally all of them were just fit the same like demo of like 30, 40 year old white male from like Bumblefuck, like Kansas or like Missouri or something. Okay. And my dad was just one of the Pennsylvanian dudes. So she was probably doing this on a large, major scale, which I imagine there's a lot of money involved. Um, but my dad is definitely not sweet enough to be a sugar daddy. I, I don't think, I, I can't imagine she was living only off of my dad's support. Uh, but she was supposedly a model. She was supposedly a, a, a model of sorts. And she had these hilarious pictures of her face photoshopped with, it, it seemed like they were done so carefully, but were still so bad. We're still so bad, but it looked like she took the time to hand, uh, you know, blend her face onto like, like it looked like a, vict- uh, uh, a sports illustrated like bathing suit ad or like a calendar. And she would just throw her face on that. And then she would Photoshop pictures of her and my dad together on, on just like random bodies, like, like couples, uh, and they look like like cologne ads. It was like like a Gucci like Gucci Guilty cologne ad. My dad like caressing his Filipina girl. Uh things like that and then they would make that their f- profile pictures on Facebook and I just had to like I have them saved. I might I might put them here. I don't care. Uh, I might put them in the video. Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm not even, I don't even feel like jerking off today. I know, I know my hands in my pants, but I, I like don't even, I have like no sex drive today. Uh, I, I've just been working my shitty job and so I'm just exhausted. I, you know, I slept three hours, like I took a three hour nap right before this. And so I might just fake cum today. <laughs> I might fake it today. I've been looking into how to fake cum maybe get an attachment for my cock so I can just splooge on command. But, uh, <sighs> so yeah. So anyway, this girl, we thought they'd get married. We thought he she'd get a green card, but she never came. My dad bought her tickets to come fly here. She never did. She always, apparently she would, would go, she would use the tickets and she had, she'd have a story like, Oh, I got detained in like China. Which, in retrospect, could be true. I don't know now. Actually, that the China story could actually be true, but she would say things like, uh, uh, "Oh, they detained me and then they and they beat me for two weeks." So that's the part where I was like, "Okay, probably not." Um, <laughs> why would they just kill her? Why would they beat her for two weeks? As if she's like a, a secret spy or something, or has some like secret knowledge about America, you know, or about, about China or about the Philippines, who fucking cares? So I remember, I remember specifically my dad was like, yeah, like I talked to her and she was all bruised up and like battered. And like, I was like, okay, my dad is, you know, he's a little too gullible. He's a little too, just a little too much. Uh, I don't know what happened with between them, but I made it clear how I felt about her. After living with my dad, and after going through my my couple of my my four suicide attempts, and uh, him trying to juggle my grandma dying, and and then me trying to kill myself, uh, and then his neurotic Filipino uh, gold digging girlfriend, my I saw my dad go through. He's he went through it. He went through it in like 2012 for sure. Um, at the same time I was going through it, you know, on my own, on my own terms. And I just remember we were walking into, it was the day, it was the day I was starting college. It was the day I was starting college and he, uh, he was supposed to he was driving me there. We had the Prius. He had, he drove a Prius. He drove a Prius that smelled like farts all the time. Like the AC smelled like farts cause he would rip ass in his car and he ate a lot of fast food and bur- he ate a lot of Burger King. He actually worked at Burger King for a short period of time. I don't think it was for money. I think it was just purely to, uh, get discounted Burger King cause <laughs> it's, Retarded. everything in the house smelled like Burger King farts it was disgusting including his car uh, and uh, I remember we were at K- Kmart we were just like picking up supplies or something and we got into a fight because we also went to get my passport picture taken because he wanted to go on a cruise he wanted to like take me on a cruise which I can go on about another time but cruises are for people who just like don't who just don't want to think and it's perfect for someone like my dad. It, it's it's just perfect for someone who just needs something like spoon-fed to them. Um and I think he's influenced by his like sister and her her husband because they go on cruises all the time and they just like the most simplest forms of entertainment and they just want to sit there and be like placated and and they just want to zone out, you know? Which is fine. I think everyone needs to do that, but something about a cruise is the ultimate like we just don't have, we just have no say in how we're entertained. You know, we'll just, we'll just accept whatever is, is, is thrown out into, into this, into the world. Uh, whatever is given to me is, is what I I want. I don't want to, I don't want str- to strive for any more. You know, I'm, I'm just happy with what this is. Again, that probably sounds like Me being too cynical, I, my point is just that they uh they'll eat the food, they'll eat the bugs, they'll take the vaccine, and they'll live in the pod, is basically what I how, how it feels, you know, how it feels to be on a cruise, in my opinion. And I didn't want to go on this cruise, and I was still bitter about his girlfriend, about how much money he had spent on his Filipino girlfriend. I was like, How do you have money? to go on a cruise and as we're going walk anyway. So as we're walking into this Kmart, I'm already like amped up about having to do this shit. And, uh, I, I just called her a fucking bit. I, I was like, she's a fucking bitch as we're walking in. And I just remember there were apparently a lot of people at Kmart that day. I don't know why Kmart should be, should have been dead by 2013, but that was the last I ever heard of her. And at least that I'd heard of her directly. <laughs> There's was- one time I was changing my dad's wife, uh, fixing the Wi-Fi or fixing the internet. And I was trying to log into his account because he was still paying for it. And I was like, what's the password? And he brought out this uh, notepad of passwords he had written down. And like five of them were Marianne and a couple of them were fuck Marianne69. And one of them was literally, literally kill Marianne just kill his girlfriend. (laughs) It was like kill Marianne, 69. And I had a weird feeling that maybe they still talked and just fought all the time and just had the most toxic relationship. But yeah, but yeah, that's my dad. That's, that's him. That's my dad. uh, In a nutshell, there's, there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of little things that, Made me who I am, but those are the big ones. Uh, my dad, he uh, <laughs> before I moved here, he was on Omegle. He he had found his Omegle kick, and I've discussed this before. But he, you know, he was just lonely, and he I would come home, and he'd just be sitting on the couch on Omegle, not stroking his dick, you know, not jerking off, not not even. Naked, he was just sitting there politely. I guess wanting to chat to people in the middle of the afternoon, in in the living room, and uh, it. it <laughs> There's part of me that when I think when I when I tell this story, I imagine he was on Omegle, but when I was. When I killed myself, when I tried to kill myself when I was 18 and I tried to do it by taking trip C's and so basically I just kind of hallucinated pretty heavily and what happened is that I thought I was in a, in a mosh pit and I was weird, like weirdly lost like, lost, like a sense. I had like motor control, but like I was flailing my body in my room and basically my dad, he came home from work at like four in the morning or like five in the morning, which is normal for him. And he just thought there was like construction happening because he kept hearing this loud banging coming from upstairs or like coming from like the, our, our townhome complex or whatever. And he's just like, ah, oh, that's annoying, but I'm just going to, whatever. Go on the computer, watch a movie. He just like probably watched rewatch his uh, American pie band camp DVD to go to sleep as he usually does. And um, he, (laughs) apparently I was slamming my head. I was kneeling on the ground on the carpet and just slamming my head repeatedly into the ground for like hours, for hours I was doing this. And my face was all bloody. This is just from what I've heard. Cause this is, this is my, no one saw this except my dad. Uh, um, but this is what my dad described to other people. I don't think he, he didn't really tell me cause it's obviously traumatic, but uh, I was, I remember distinctly that I was, I, I was hallucinating that I was in a, 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 like a mosh pit or something. I was getting like knocked around a bunch and apparently I was just throwing up on myself And there was vomit all over the room. There was blood all over the room because I was smashing my fucking face into the ground. Luckily, it was carpet, but I don't know if that helps that much. Uh, And my dad finally, finally went upstairs uh, after like three hours to go to the bathroom. And he was like, oh, it's coming from Gabriel's room. And he goes in and I'm just fucking covered in and blood and and vomit and my face is just dist- like mangled uh and i had like a bunch of cuts and like i had this huge like cut kind across of my nose but somehow i got no there were no scars i don't know nothing that bad happened i just probably got mild brain damage or something but uh it's it's the the point of the story it's it's you know obviously very traumatic for my dad but the idea of him being downstairs just doing his thing while his son is, like, dying upstairs is is so funny to me. <laughs> the idea that, like, anything he had been doing that morning could have been, like, horribly tainted by his son's death. Um, really, whatever it may have been. And I, I, I like to imagine it was Omegle. I like to imagine it was Omegle. Um, or it would have been. Uh but we never talked about it. I never we never really talked about those uh my my suicide attempts, but he was there. I guess he saved me. He saved my life. But um now he's just uh he's just QAnon. Now he's just a Q daddy. Last time I talked to him was last Christmas and he was just telling me about how he doesn't care about, uh, I guess this was, this was, you know, still kind of early. This is our first holiday with COVID. So last year, um, so people were still like cautious about like, you know, don't have a big Thanksgiving, don't have a big Christmas, just like chill, please. And then, you know, he was very proud to say like, Oh, our whole family got like 30 people together and we had a big party. And then everyone got COVID and he told me about this. Uh, I I said something snarky and he said something along the lines of like, Gabe, everyone fucking knows that you can't get COVID unless you get the flu vaccine. Um, <laughs> and I never heard that theory. It's like not, not the COVID vaccine, but he's saying like basically that the regular seasonal influenza flu vaccine uh, either, I wish I asked more details. This is one of those things where I say I'm interested in conspiracy, but then I have this, this direct source to someone. uh, My dad, who obviously spends his time researching this kind of thing. And I don't ask questions. We don't discuss. I got tired of discussing ever since we discussed flat earth and we just come to the same conclusion, but he basically was saying that, yeah, you can't either, either, the flu vaccine activates you or predisposes you to COVID or, or the flu vaccine itself is COVID. That's what I don't know what, what he means by it. But that was, that was literally the last time we talked was that because it was like my, this weird realization that he is into fringe theories, but I think he's on the fringe of the fringe, you know, he's, he's getting into weird, like probably something one person wrote in like a, a random forum you know and he's just taking that to heart um and so I don't know what yeah I don't know how it gets better uh, he's only getting older and more paranoid and more uh, schizo so <sighs> yeah he, his question about flat earth is always like how come <laughs> <laughs> It's always like, he's like, the one thing that gets me though, he's questioning, he's never said he's fully into it, but he was always like, the one thing that gets me is like, how come sometimes you can see the sun and the moon at the same time? And he always says it with this kind of air of like, hmm, you think about that one? How about that one, smart guy? You know, it it has that air of like, told you so. Um. and I've had to explain it to him multiple times. I use, like, a tennis ball or, like, a baseball to show, like, the earth and the sun and the moon, like, you know, how they all relate to each other spatially. Um, and, yeah, and he just, like, doesn't... He'll, like, nod his head and be like, okay. Like, he doesn't deny it. He just kind of, like, seems like he's, like, really heavily processing it. And that's where this... Yeah, and then I just hear the microwave buzzing, just the potato just rotating in his head and that's and that's where you know that's who i am that's who i am and that's my who i will become probably and i hope to i like to think i'm living out some of my dad's dreams by doing this by doing uh, a combination of 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 comedy and and something sexy And maybe just comedy and jerking off, but on a, on a bigger scale, you know, perhaps this is what he would have done if, if, you know, he was my age and in this day and age, if he had internet access when he was in his twenties, you know, um, but I think all he had to do, all he could do in his twenties was watch baseball and go bowling. So I don't know who I am to judge anyway if you're uh if you're watching this dad, fuck you <laughs> anyway, Dad, if you're gay and you're watching uh you're watching your son jerk off for an hour but not really fuck you. <laughs> I'm not even hard. I don't think I'm even going to come this week. I think I'm just going to put this one out. And uh, who knows? Who knows if I'll ever come again. But thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, you fucking idiot.